Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about Jupiter's ingress into the first decan of Pisces. So we will take a look at some of the aspects that Jupiter is going to be making as it moves through its morning star phase. We're going to talk about Jupiter's ingress into Pisces up until it turns retrograde on June the 20th. So we're talking about the period of time between May the 13th and June the 20th when Jupiter does station retrograde at two degrees of Pisces. We will take a look at the square between the Sun and Jupiter coming up on May the 21st. We'll sort of preview eclipse season, which is happening between uh, the 26th of May and then another eclipse is happening on the 10th of June. We'll talk a little bit about Venus trining Jupiter and sort of just uh, break down the first decan of Pisces in general. So that's the plan for today. Uh, we will, of course, wrap things up with an I Ching reading. Um, and yeah, we'll take a look at a little bit of the tarot and things of that nature. Um, I've been taking a little bit of a, a break lately, so uh, it's nice to interact with all of you again here today. Uh, in true Jupiter in, in Pisces 1 style, I've been kind of going off into the wilderness of my imagination and trying to figure out what the next steps are to kind of infuse... Um, my actions with with meaning and unify the body with the soul. I think that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at with Jupiter in this position is what is motivating us? What are we, you know, what is animating uh, this this body, right? What? How do we find purpose and meaning? Uh, so we'll t talk about that uh, in, in the uh, minutes and, and hours ahead here, <laughs> depending how long we go. I did want to show you one thing before we dive into it, though, today. Uh, I'm very, very excited that uh, this uh, new book is coming out. And you can see here, this is the Rebato Press website. And um, they announced, just as Jupiter moved into Pisces, that Demetra George's second volume of Ancient Astrology in Theory and Practice is going to be available for pre-order. So here you can see Volume 2. I've been talking a lot about using Volume 1 in the, uh, it's one of the greatest reference guides that I have for learning uh, ancient astro ast astrological techniques. Um, it is a very nice companion to Chris Brennan's Hellenistic book and the works by Ben Dykes and things of those nature. Uh, I really enjoy Demetra's style. Uh, she is definitely a teacher through and through and uses a lot of actionable uh, you know, techniques as, as far as really making them practical. She gives you a lot of exercises for learning the techniques. Um, this is in New Zealand dollars, so don't get freaked out about that. It's a little bit cheaper than the $72 that they say in New Zealand dollars. But trust me, whatever they're charging, it's, it's well worth it. This was a culmination of Demetra's kind of um, life's work. She, she recently was on a podcast with Chris Brennan talking about uh, this book and talking about the sun in particular, and you can kind of see some of the, the um, I don't know, the chapters that she's going to be discussing. She also has a, a retreat coming up, an online retreat through the an organization, I believe it's through Astrology Toronto. Uh, that's coming up in, the, I believe, the first weekend of June, where she's going to be talking about the the houses and particularly the eighth house and the 12th house in general and i'm thinking about doing that um also norwak is coming up the northwest astrology conference and i've been going back and forth as to whether i'd like to attend that online as well uh, so a lot of things coming up in the astrological community um, opportunities for networking and for learning and things like that but i really highly recommend this book i, I love sharing sources and like i said demetra is one of my favorite astrologers um, her book, Astrology and the Authentic Self, really sent me on a journey of discovery with, with traditional astrology. I received that as a gift on my birthday um, in 2017. And um, I'd been studying uh, regular modern astrology, regular, I'd been studying modern astrology for a long time, uh, a decade or so. But that book really sent me off on a new path of discovery that was has really changed my life and really changed the way that I view astrology changed my worldview. Um, she's a really great person and a great teacher. So check that out. 
So that's what I've got uh, for book recommendations. I know that I like to share sources and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about Jupiter and Pisces here, and we'll take a, a, a gander at the at the chart. Um, we'll talk about some quotes that will help us to to discover the meaning here. So we can see here that the Jupiter ingress into Pisces happened on May the thirteenth, uh, Thursday, Jupiter's day. Uh, I've been kind of <laughs> been you know going off on my own Jupiterian journeys the last few days, so I'm trying to get caught up here. Um, one one story I wanted to tell before we kind of dive into it is is uh, when Jupiter ingressed into Pisces, um, my partner and I went off on a, a little journey of exploration. Um, we yesterday we went and kind of uh, went exploring for for a new place to kind of um, I don't know just to enjoy nature. We we live in a you know somewhat of an urban setting, sort of a. A mix between urban and and um, you know being close to nature. Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan area has access to nature, but is you know somewhat of a cultural center as well. Um, and we kind of just started driving around looking for places, you know, looking for places to walk and and connect with nature. It was a beautiful day, and we stumbled upon uh, a park. This this place called Parker Mills, that neither one of us had knew even existed you know we'd lived we've lived here for you know a decade plus and just by going on a journey on on wandering we discovered this really beautiful place that that had this beautiful little stream and a lot of boardwalk paths through the the, the forest and had a really nice day we were able to observe some geese doing some you know some playful things with their with their offspring in the in the river as well. Um, it was a really nice day, and I thought it was really uh, apropos for the journeys that we may be taking with Jupiter in the first decan of Pisces. This decan is uh, syncretized with the Eight of Cups, I and mean, we can see in the Eight of Cups, and I'll I'll stop my share for just a second. That this shows a figure going off into the distance, wandering in search of some kind of meaning. So what we're gonna be doing over the course of this Jupiter transit, even though it's a, a preview, because it's only gonna last until the middle of the summer, um, and then it's gonna retrograde back into, into Aquarius. So this is a taste, a taste of trying to unify the dream with our physical reality. And a lot of the significations with this deck in talk about sort of things like, I guess think of it like the matrix where we're trying to understand the, the rules and the laws that kind of keep reality together. Uh, the, the bridge between spiritual our spiritual understanding and gnosis and how we want to create on the physical plane. Create is a really important word for Jupiter because Jupiter was considered the demiurge, uh, a creator god, right? He, was, he beget all these offspring. He was, was drawing from Saturn's blueprint to be able to bring things into being. So here Saturn, Jupiter is returning <clears throat> to its own domicile, its nocturnal temple, its nocturnal sign, where it has all the resources necessary to be able to go into the imagination, to go into those subtle areas that hold reality together and be able to create from that place. Sort of like Neo awakening to the matrix and awakening to the reality that he has a lot more power than he thought and that he's able to kind of through his journey to uh, come to an awareness and come to an ability to say oh I have this power within this sphere of reality that he's able to create he's able to to move within uh, different a different set of rules that, that other people were playing by when they had not awakened to that reality so this is really, this decan though in particular is Saturn ruled. So this is the first stirrings potentially of discontentment that lead us to an awakening. So I'll have to admit in the, in the flat past few weeks or so, I've, I've really, I've had some trouble maintaining, you know, my routine of, of just doing a, a video for every single planet and every single decan. It's, it's a grinded out type of existence. And I, I just, um, I've run out of steam to doing it in that fashion. So in the last few weeks, I've sort of been 
maybe going off on my own, beginning to go off on my own journey of discovery, of trying to find the animating principle of connecting more to a higher sense of purpose so that I'm not just grinding through my day and what I'm doing becomes inspired again. And some of that may come through a journey of discovery, through exploring new pathways, through exploring new ways of doing things so that the content that I bring and the hopefully the wisdom that I bring to you is coming from that higher place and not through just um, routine and roteness. Uh, I, f- I feel like I am going to be pulling back a little bit from doing uh, things the way that I've always done it through, you know, every single planet and every deck. And it's just, it's not sustainable over time. It was a valiant effort, I think, that I did from, I think, from January until the middle or end of May here. Um, but some of the content was getting a little bit repetitive. Uh, I just wasn't able to sustain that type of energy over time. And there's some things that I would like to do to be able to bring to you uh, maybe some more specific focused topics that require free time and require uh, an ability to do more research. Um, I would like to do some more things that are community-based as well. Like one of the things that I definitely plan on keeping on this channel are the the new and the full moon live streams. I really enjoy talking with you and and you know, interacting with people. So there's a lot of things percolating as far as like, how can I create more interaction with my community, with the, the audience that we have here? Um, Because that really, that uh, inspires me. I I really feel uh, that energy exchange when we're having a discussion. And a lot of the times when we're making just these like videos like I'm doing today, which I do think that continuing to do very important events like Jupiter and Pisces is a really important ingress, and, and I wanted to address it and talk about it a little bit. But you know, having these kind of more meaningful exchanges between us, I think, is something that, a direction I would like to go in. Whether it's through the live streams on this channel, whether it's through creating maybe a monthly Q and A or a monthly Zoom meeting where we could meet up and things like that. Those are all things that are percolating and, and are kind of that I'm exploring as we go forward here. And hopefully I'll be able to bring more of those inspired offerings to you as, as a community. So I wanted to, to address that because I think that this is something, excuse me, that we are all experiencing with Jupiter moving into Pisces. There's some area of your life where you've been putting a lot of energy into that area, into that project, whatever it is. And now there may be a sort of a sense of not discontent, but just a little bit of a feeling like there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a higher purpose to this. And that could come through a feeling of dissatisfaction, a feeling of discontentment, maybe even a feeling of burnout. This aid of, of Cups card speaks to um, leaving some material success behind. Uh, Book T calls it abandoned success. Uh, The Book of Toth calls it stagnation, where we may have felt like we were stagnating and doing the same old thing. So we need to go off into our imagination, into our minds, into our internal spaces to be able to find that animating, unifying order once again. We may have felt like we were, you know, in a state of disorder. Um, Like just an example using my own approach. Uh, I've been growing this channel. I've been growing my podcast and things like that and finding some success slowly but surely. But I've been burning the candle really at at both ends to do it in a way that isn't really sustainable, in a way that if anything comes up in my domestic sphere or anything out of the ordinary comes up, I completely fall apart. And that's, that's not a sustainable thing over time. Like most of you know on this channel, I've been having some stuff going on with my, with my mom and having her be um, having some health challenges. She doing, she's doing better now. She's back home out of the hospital and things like that. But, but that experience, you know, I couldn't sustain the type of work that I was doing um, when something like that comes up. And other things like just household things, like taking care of uh, some household projects, being, being a parent, all of these things where you're having to balance out the domestic and professional spheres of your life. So in your life, I want to know, tell, let me know in the quote or the, uh, in the chat box here, 
where have you been kind of grinding it out Saturn style? And have you have you gotten to the same point of maybe a dissatisfaction whether you're you're now wanting to go off in search of meaning what is going to animate the next phase of your life and how are you going to um wander with purpose there's a quote that i wanted to read to you that comes from the lord of the rings and this this is one that's been quoted a lot for travelers and for wanderers but i think that there's a sort of a misinterpretation of this quote because there, it is in reference to the character Aragorn, the king uh, that is that has become the the ranger in the beginning of the book, right? The wanderer. And here's the quote. You know, the quote that we we are we are thinking about is not all that those that wander are lost, and that's true for for Pisces here. But we want to see it in context. It's not just about the wandering. So here's the complete quote from the Fellowship of the Ring. It says, all that is gold does not glitter. Not all those that wander, who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are reached by frost, are not reached by frost. Deep roots are not reached by frost. From ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be the blade that was broken the crownless again shall be king. Okay. So this is in reference to Aragorn leaving his community behind. He, he is born like many heroes without the knowledge that he had this divine birthright. And eventually he discovers that he, he is going to be king or that he has this birthright. And instead of just going and reclaiming the throne, he's going on this journey to discover the self, right? To discover who he is and, and what his values are. And he does this through what appears to others to be this aimless wandering, right? This aimless journey that may not have a purpose, but it has an internal purpose. It has the purpose of cultivating his character, okay? And it has the, it, eventually he will return as that king, bringing order and unity throughout this, the series throughout the books. And I think that Jupiter and Pisces 1 serves the same purpose. We're going off onto this journey, not just for the sake of journeying. We're going on this journey so that we can reorder our universes through connecting with spirit and connecting, reconnecting with our higher self so that what has been split into many different areas is going to become unified again. In the Northern Hemisphere, Pisces is associated with a time of year where it's the end of winter and everything is starting to melt. What has become frigid and frozen, right, in, the, in Aquarius season starts to melt into this soup, this like watery, muddy soup that it just, everything is merged back together. So you can think of this as the merging back together that eventually will lead to spring, the Aries season of spring, where we will individuate and differentiate once again, but with an animated sense of purpose. So you can see this in this cycle. And uh, Jupiter is really powerful. Again, I, I, I like to think of it as the, the demi-urge. This is something that the Austin Coppock talks a lot about in his treatment, 36 Faces, something that Charles Obert talks a lot about in his uh, book about the planets. Jupiter being the demiurge, whereas Saturn is providing the blueprint. So we've gone through this Saturnian examination of the blueprint, right? Where Saturn is still providing this, and I'll show you the, on the, the screen here. We've got Saturn really, really strong here in Aquarius, you know, giving us the, the, the 3,000, 30,000 foot view, the helicopter view of our lives, of society in general. And Jupiter was there and it was beholden to that viewpoint, okay, for a long period of time as it was traveling with Saturn in Saturn's sign. Now Jupiter has kind of its own resources. It's in its own temple. It's not beholden to that 30,000 foot view of reality, okay? It is able to imagine potentially a new reality that is, that is based on spiritual values, okay, that will, you know, eventually, hopefully be able to be brought back down to earth 
to individuate once again and to be born. So this is the process. It's an exploration process, but it's a slightly different exploration process as Gemini. Gemini is kind of tasting things in a mercurial way, casting doubt on things and saying, what if this, what if this, you know, it's saying, oh, well, this, this path could be interesting. And Pisces is sort of like that, but it's, it's to find unity, not to find variety. Okay. I think that's the key. And we'll have to think about that as we see the sun squaring Jupiter coming up in, in this cycle is we're going to have to balance out our need for novelty, variety, imagine different pathways with trying to bring unity and purpose to what we are doing. So let's just take a look first what was going on. Jupiter is still in what's called the morning star phase. It is direct in motion. And we're going to be talking about the period up to the June the, tw the 20th, which is around our summer solstice where Jupiter will slow down and station retrograde. That point in time is called the acronical phase. Okay. Acronical basically is, uh, you know, the phase where a planet is retracing its steps. It means at sunset. So it's transitioning from this morning star into becoming the evening star. Okay. So that'll be a transitionary phase where we'll be retracing some of the steps, some of the exploratory steps that we've, we will take through the end of may and the and through the beginning and middle of june we'll have to retrace those steps over the summer okay and jupiter will eventually retrograde back into uh aquarius on the 28th of july and then station direct on the 18th of october finally it'll move into pisces for for good not for good but for an extended period of time on the 28th of december so we'll have a good five months or so of Jupiter and Pisces from December till May again when it retrogrades back out. And it's it's a really it moves really fast through Pisces, which is well, interesting, but also unfortunate because it's a nice it's a nice transit. But but maybe we'll figure out what what we really uh, need to know in that period of time. Um, one thing that just was coming up in the in the walk in the wandering that I had in the woods, in the new place, the new place of discovery that came up was uh, just feeling like I needed to get back to nature and get off my computer a little bit and reconnect with the earth and uh, a desire to have that be a part of my life regularly. Um, maybe even to the point where living much closer to, to nature in my backyard. I live in a, a city, you know, that like I have to drive a little bit to get to nature. It's it's pretty close, and I have some woods that I can walk in. That's somewhat close to my house, but the the place I live right now is surrounded by kind of some noisy neighbors, and like uh, it's right at an intersection where a lot of loud cars go by, and it's it's difficult to get to that place of peace and serenity in in my everyday, you know, from my home type of environment, and that's something I really desire on a deep level is to have a place where I live, where I can just go out in my backyard and, you know, interact with the birds and the animals and the trees and, and be completely immersed in that space. So that is like the dream that maybe I, I have to be able to have a, a, a space like that. And it's just coming up and like, it led to maybe looking at some, some dream houses and areas. I like that always had this dream like I might want to live in the upper peninsula of Michigan or something where I've done some traveling there and it really is a very spread out. Um, it's really close to Lake Superior, which is really beautiful. That's one place. It doesn't have to be the only place, but something like that. I also have this other dream that there's this space around um, the outskirts of Ann Arbor. It's called the Waterloo Recreation Area. And it's a, a, a huge acreage that is full of woods and lakes and always had this kind of dream to maybe live in the houses that backs up into one of those lakes you know that that's kind of the, this is just kind of the, I'm, I'm spitballing here about the the things that have come up for me in the last few weeks and looking at you know imagining the possibilities now i'm not in the position to to act on that yet but i will be hopefully in the next few years and i think that it's an exploratory phase 
you're going to get a taste of the dream. You know, this isn't necessarily necessarily the time to completely act on everything and, and just to do everything because there's going to be some review process that you have to go through over the summer and through the end of 2021. But I do think that through 2022, we may really see the ability to take some large quantum leaps forward towards whatever comes up that will bring you a sense of peace, a sense of order, a sense of unity. Um, I think that the end of this year is really just exploring and getting clear on what what it really means to you to find to find meaning you know it's okay to wander a little bit it's okay to allow the universe to speak to you in those natural spaces in those imaginal realms in whatever that matrix of meaning is for you you know and and you can really find this out by kind of looking at the the um Piscean area of your life, and also tracing it back to the, the the Sagittarius area of your life, because Jupiter is going to be ruling both of those houses, right? So, like in this chart, which is a Libra rising chart, you know, Jupiter is moving into the sixth house, but also ruling the third. So, uh, the Libra risings out there may really have a a new dream when it comes to. Uh, either people that work for you, okay, like uh, maybe a health thing where you're g- trying to really go off in search of finding meaning and, and, and you know, find a reunification of, of you know, your uh, things that are going to support you on your physical body. Um, and that may change your routines a little bit. There, these two houses are connected with daily routines, daily rituals. There may be a new daily ritual that you have to go through. Um, and, uh, you know, this could be true for a lot of different rising signs here, these, these connections. Um, I also want you to trace out where Cancer falls in your chart too, because Jupiter is the exaltation lord of Cancer. So there is some connection with that house as well. So the, being able to change the routines, the daily routines and the daily habits may have an effect on the way that the Libra rising is acting out in the world because it's the exaltation lord there. Okay, so that's one example. Um, again, if you want uh, more specific information about this, reach out for a reading. Um, I'd be more than happy to, to break down what Jupiter's doing in your chart, how it's interacting with your planets, and what kind of uh, experiences you might expect or, or be able to, or you might experience some really good fortune in your life. Um, so that's one way to, to support the work that I do and also get some clarity in what you are doing in your world. So just on a more general note, we've got Jupiter is moving through its own domicile. It is moving through the terms of Venus from zero to 12 degrees. Its face ruler right now is Saturn in the descending Chaldean order and Jupiter in the triplicity method. So a Saturn-Jupiter type of experience. That tarot card was the Eight of Cups. Um, We've talked about abandoned success and stagnation, the names that Book T and Book of Toth call this. Austin Coppett calls this deck in the labyrinth. So we're going off in, in search of that inner center, right? And one of the things that came up around the retrograde that I wanted to talk about is There is a myth of Theseus going into this labyrinth to kill the Minotaur. And he's given a string by Ariadne to find his way out again. And this may be this retrograde period of Jupiter, maybe a period where we're having to retrace our steps through the the string. So what I would suggest is leave, leave a trail of breadcrumbs over the course of this next few weeks ahead that you're going to be able to retrace. Leave, leave Ariadne's string because you may feel some confusion around that retrograde. And if you're able to retrace your steps back to this period of time now, through the steps that you're taking, you'll be able to find your way back out again a lot easier. Okay. All right. The, the diamond associated with this decade is Okeanos, uh, which is kind of like the ocean, the ocean of consciousness. We're diving into that sea of the, of the subconscious or the unconscious mind, right? Trying to, to unearth something or to, to find the pearls that are buried deep within the ocean and deep within the, the clamshell of consciousness. And if we keep searching, we might 
we might find those pearls. We might also get a little bit sidetracked along the way, so you have to be careful, okay? You don't want to drown in these experiences. Again, try to stay as connected as you can to what your goal is, right? This is not just aimless wandering. This is wandering in search of meaning and unification and peace. All right. So there are some fixed stars in this Deccan. At three degrees of Pisces, we have a fixed star called Saldal Milik, which is the one of the shoulders in Aquarius, in the constellation Aquarius. It's called the lucky one of the king. Uh, it has a twin star called Saldal Sud. And this one is about really... A, opportunities of one's own making, optimism. Uh, they're good networking opportunities with this fixed star. Now, Jupiter will be, you know, it, it'll be getting close to this fixed star. It won't conjoin it exactly in 2021, but we're, we should be feeling the influence of it towards when we get further on in the process here. You know, we do have Fomahal at four degrees of Pisces and Deneb Aldij at five degrees of Pisces. They all sort of have some significations with kind of this magical experience. Fomahal was like the, the watcher of the south, one of the royal fixed stars of Persia, the mouth of the fish, right? It was kind of a wizard star uh, that talks about kind of these matrixy type of experiences where we're learning about our own secret power on some level. Denimel GJ was a, a fixed star in the constellation Cygnus. This was called the shaman star. So again, echoing some of the the themes and of the hero's journey and, and you know, acting on your belief system uh, without getting too territorial about it like a swan would. Um, all of those are kind of adding to the narrative, but we're not going to be having exact conjunctions with those fixed stars in this period of time. I do think we'll probably feel the effects of Saddam Milik the most, though, of creating some of your own luck uh, just through the exploration phase. Um, I did want to go over just briefly some of the, the planets that will be make, having a conversation here with Jupiter. We do have Jupiter co-present with Neptune, so we do have to be careful that we're not overly uh, idealizing and trying. we're not trying to escape or dissolve our consciousness to, to, to transcend physical reality. Remember, Pisces the fish had one fish swimming towards the heavens and the other swimming along the ecliptic, which reflects physical reality. Uh, on some level as well. So we have to keep one foot on the ground while we're searching in these these ethereal realms, okay? Um, we're going to have a lot of square energy in the beginning of this cycle with the mercurial Gemini planets. We do have a trine with Mars and, and Cancer. So Jupiter is going to be trying to bring some harmony to the things that Mars has really shaken up through being in its fall and a place that it really doesn't like. It's been creating a lot of conflict in the domestic sphere um, or with mothers and daughters and mothers and children. Anything that would where you would find nurturing, Mars has been you know creating some havoc in those areas, our homes, uh, wherever we kind of feel protected or feel uh, like an emotional safe space, we've been getting disruptions around that. But Jupiter is sort of granting some beneficence now uh, through an overcoming trine. That's a really positive uh, communication that Jupiter is having. Maybe we're starting to find some order in the, the things that had been separated. But we are going to see a overcoming square with Jupiter and the Gemini planets. Uh, we're going to start off with Jupiter making just a whole sign testimony to Venus and Mercury. Uh, and then eventually we're going to see the sun ingress into that area as well. So, you know, we, we're going to be getting this, you know, desire to bring unity to all these different splits, right? Gemini sort of splits things. Mercury is splitting things and casting doubt into different, you know, areas of our life. So let's move forward and see what this is going to be bringing us on the 21st. So you could see that the sun is, you know, going through the last degrees of, of Taurus. And then on the 21st here, the 20th will move into Gemini. And the 21st, we're going to see this square perfect with Jupiter. Okay, the 20th and the 21st, we'll be feeling that. Okay. And 
I think this is really just a period of time where, you know, we're, we're starting to feel the stirrings of wanting to go off and leave something behind in search of that higher meaning. But we're, we're trying to balance that out with all of the different options. So if we look at these two cards here, if I stop my share for just a second, we've got Jupiter represented by this eight of cups wanting to go off into the wilderness. But Gemini one, where the sun is going to be, is the eight of swords, which is a, a feeling of paralysis by potentially, you know, through through our mind. So we we may have this disconnect between the heart and the mind uh, around this period of time where we, we really want to bring unity through our heart and our soul and our spirit. But we've got too many mental questions, too much too many rational questions or directions that we could go that may be, you know, creating this kind of paralysis. So try not to get overwhelmed. Jupiter could also be proliferating these options as well and exploding these options where we're saying, oh man, I've got this soul stirring, but now it's bringing up so many possibilities that I don't know how to act on any of them. I think the key is that you don't actually have to act on them right now. I think this is the exploratory phase. Test things out, taste a little bit, let yourself be inspired. Um, recognize that this Jupiter phase is not uh, permanent. It's gonna we're gonna it's gonna require some backtracking over the summer. This new freedom that we have, and I can't help but notice that the uh, the CDC came out with with this this kind of uh, liberation with the masks uh, the same time that Jupiter was ingressing into Pisces. Right, was saying. Oh, we're recommending for people who are fully vaccinated, that's the key, that they can go maskless outside and in, in some indoor spaces. That's the key, though, right? Fully vaccinated. So it, it seemed like, a, a, you know, this lifting of all these weights, all these limits. But, I, but the key to understanding this from a, an astrological perspective is that Jupiter is going to ingress back into and retrograde back into that place of limitation, that Saturnian place in the middle of summer. Um, I can't help but have the, the feeling that, again, humanity has this kind of almost all or nothing type of ex, you know, way of experiencing things. And um, I just feel like it's, you know, I, I, what I wish would have happened is a much more gradual rollout of these things. And I'm nervous because of the like, okay, it's all bets are off instead of just like, hey, let's slowly reintegrate things back into our society and things like that instead of just this kind of like all or nothing type of experience. Because I think that that's the type of thing that may cause a backtrack. And while there are a lot more people getting vaccinated, myself included, I had my second vaccination shot about a week ago. I should be fully vaccinated in a week or so. Didn't have any really super terrible experiences with it. I had the Pfizer shot and I, you know, went through the normal kind of little bit of fatigue, but didn't really feel super sick or anything like that. Um, highly recommend, you know, going out and doing that. Uh, it, it, it's it's not that bad. It's not that scary. It doesn't, the poke doesn't hurt that much. And uh, I did it for my community. Did it not only for my my own safety and my family's safety, but for my community's safety. And, um, you know, we have these kind of things where um, when we lift the restrictions, like the mask restrictions with the kind of the Pisces, like, eh, freedom again, right? Uh, some people who have gone through the process or, and have gone through the vaccination process will, you know, be doing things in good faith. There's going to be others who haven't gone through that that are going to still be going maskless in these, in these environments and getting each other sick. And that concerns me. And I think that that's something that I, I have a very cautious personality. But again, um, I think that that's, that kind of energy is not only happening with the pandemic itself, but with the other projects that you have going in your life, if we bring this full circle. Um, I would say that I'm not going to go out and put an offer on a house in the in the Upper Peninsula tomorrow, just because I think it would be fun and liberating. 
I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to say, well, is this really a move that would be good for my family? It's, it, obviously, it's not going to happen yet. I'm, I've got a kid that's in high school that's finishing off her schooling and you know, choosing colleges and things like that. And there's other factors involved. And this may be a, a point in your life too, where you have to consider all the factors of, of making your dream a reality. And how does it fit into the larger blueprint, Saturnian blueprint of your life? Because Jupiter wants to create like that demiurge, but it's Saturn is still really strong in the sky and saying, how does this fit into the big picture? How does this fit into your other responsibilities? How does this, um, does, does this dream serve a higher purpose or is it just a personal fantasy? Okay. That's the key. Is what you're doing serving a greater, higher purpose and a greater good? Or is it just some, you know, random fantasy that you're trying to take action on at this point? So I want you to ask yourself those questions and, and ask yourself those things, you know, not only with just like reintegrating into society, but the greater dreams that you have in your world. Because I think I do think Jupiter and Pisces really is about dreaming and about trying to get clear as to how we find meaning in our life. So if we go back to our chart here, if we move forward, we're going to see that uh, we're going to be hitting to an eclipse here. So this is the eclipse on the, the 26th, okay? And um, we're seeing it in a Jupiter-ruled sign. So the, the, the moon will be becoming full, conjoining the south node of the moon in Sagittarius. So again, I think that this, this decan of Sagittarius is about haste. It's about taking action and like wanting to move forward. But we have this, you know, feeling of like, oh, so many different directions. And we want to, we want to take action on it, but we feel bound by something. And Jupiter is going to be squaring this pretty in a pretty close square. So we're going to have to reconcile how, does this serve a higher good? Are we going to take action on this? Or are we going to explore different possibilities? This is really what this eclipse is, you know, bringing us. And I will talk about this more. Uh, in a live stream that I plan on doing getting as we get closer to the eclipse, probably the the weekend before it happens or something of that nature. We'll see. It's kind of, it's a moving target as far as these lunar cycles. It doesn't always match up like doing it on a Friday or something. We'll, we'll see though. Um, and then we're going to be transitioning into a new start on the 10th of, uh, let's see, on the 10th of June where we see the new moon solar eclipse happening uh, in the second decan of Gemini with a Mercury Kazemi. So we may have some real interesting ideas about um, all the different things we're trying to juggle in our life, all of the different dualities that we're trying to reconcile through this square with Jupiter. I think that's the other thing that we're looking at here is we're just, we're being shown that there's a lot of different factors that we have to take into account like, like in my situation, you know, having to do what's right for my family, for my partner, for my own life. You know, one thing to think about, if you move into the wilderness, will you have internet access, all, all these things. Um, and then trying to, to bring unity to that, okay? Trying to bring a unified vision to it. And again, we're in the beginning stages of this. You don't have to have it all figured out right now. Just get curious. Get curious and realize that these eclipses are big chapter markers. There's some ending that's coming at the end of May and then a transitionary period between the end of May and this beginning of June period and we'll be in a new chapter. Also, Mars is going to be leaving Cancer, hallelujah, and probably giving us some relief from that transit, which uh, before, before Mars leaves Cancer, we're going to have an opposition with Mars and Pluto, which is painful and maybe bringing up some things uh, from the underworld that are going to need to be dealt with as we try to balance out some of our domestic and professional lives. So keep your eye out for that because in this Bardot period, this transition period between eclipses, Mars is going to be making that opposition to Pluto. So again, trying to hit some more of the, the, the important points because I, I 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be doing a video for every single thing moving forward. I do want to hear some of your feedback, though. I would like to hear what types of things you really enjoy about this channel and, and what kind of things you'd like to see in the future. I've heard a lot of people that have been talking about they like the live streams. Uh, they were, have, Lots of people have been asking me for a, maybe a more interactive Q&A type of meetup, meet so I'm taking that into account. Uh, I've had a lot of feedback about people wanting to hear more about the I Ching and learn more about that. So that's something that I'm doing a lot of research on right now in hopes of maybe hopefully creating some kind of class offering where we can study the I Ching together and try to use it in service of these other forms of, of divination like astrology as well and, and find the connections between that. But I feel like in my own knowledge set, I've got a really great book, that, that law of, The Laws of Change by Jack Balkin, that I really want to go through to get clear before I claim to be any sort of, uh, I don't know, even fledgling expert with it. Um, so that's, that's something that is on the back burner perhaps. Um, but let me know in the comments what kind of things that you're interested in. I, I really, I would like to also get back to some of these more general Deccan videos that I was doing at the beginning of the year that I had to kind of uh, stop doing because I just was overwhelmed by the transiting Deccan videos. And I'd like to put some more evergreen content out there. So if you have suggestions for evergreen content that you'd be interested in, let me know because that's really kind of the, the, the exploration I'm doing right now. Because I want to be in service of my community and I, I want to continue to put things out there that people find valuable and um, but also free up some time to do some research. I'm, I'm going through that refill, refilling the well type of experience right now. So you'll help me to gain some clarity as to what would be a, the best direction to, to go as far as being of service. All right, so we've gone through the, the new moon eclipse, the, the, the full moon eclipse. We, we've talked about the sun square Jupiter. We do have a nice little moment that is a respite in this transitionary period. I wanted to back up and show you that real quick because I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that. In the middle of this opposition between Mars and Pluto, that's probably going to be intense, we do have this really nice trine between Jupiter and Venus, okay, in water signs, and a really intuitive water signs of Cancer and Pisces, where, you know, we, we, I think that one of the things I wrote down in my notes is uh, Cancer 1 is represented, excuse me, by the, uh, the Two of Cups, where we see a partnership, a union, um, a coming together of, of, you know, soulmates or something of that nature. I do think that this could be a period of time where we're uh, gaining a, a companion or an ally along this journey. So there may be some difficult things that you're going through, but I, I don't think you have to do it alone. And I think this Jupiter-Venus trine could be about teaming up, uh, about finding a community or even an individual that that could be someone to walk the, the path of, of, of exploration and discovery with. So I would say keep your eyes peeled for that because that that is something that could be coming around this transitionary period is, is a really important um, relationship that could eventually bear a lot of fruit. And it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be an intellectual one. It could be a relationship with a certain idea. It could be a relationship with a professional partner. It could be a study buddy. It could be anything like that. Um, but But... Keep your eyes peeled on on the first few days of June. Uh, just looking at this, I, I in my own experience, Demetra George is, has that um, her like webinar, her weekend webinar on the houses happening around this period of time, and it could be a really good experience. I think um, so. Maybe there will be uh, some networking opportunities around that period of time. Just thinking out loud here. All right, so I think I've covered most of the things that I want to cover. One thing that I did want to point out, um, and I'm going to move my chart here by hours, is just a final thing, a way of understanding Jupiter. 
and Pisces in general is in the Thema Mundi, okay, the natal chart of the world that has Cancer on the Ascendant, we have um, the ninth house has Pisces on the ninth house cusp. And that means that we are witnessing by a trine. We have the joy of the sun, the light of the mind here, okay? Uh, the exaltation of, of Venus, the domicile of Jupiter. And it's a cadent house, which is falling away from the angle, the 10th house of Praxis. So in Hellenistic astrology, a cadent house is looking back a planet in a Caden house will be looking back on the angular house while being pulled away from the angle itself. So we're being pulled away from action in the world, but we are thinking and reflecting on the, either the action we took or the action that we are going to take. Um, you can also think about the ninth house as being the house or the image that was on the 10th house cusp or angle previously through, through uh, diurnal motion, okay? So it's like, what happens before we take action out in the world? So Pisces is sort of that, okay, we've got that exploration journeying that's gonna happen before we take action, before we like say, okay, now this is what we're gonna do. We find meaning that will help sustain the action over time and that will help us to get the, the courage to be able to differentiate right? We have to go into the collective before we can come back out again with like, and be renewed in those waters, right? We're kind of bathing in the waters of the collective with Jupiter and Pisces before we're going to, again, you know, when Jupiter moves into Aries, maybe we're differentiating into an individual point of consciousness once again. So I, th I just wanted to point that out. The theme of Monday is a great teaching tool for understanding astrology. Highly recommend getting familiar with that, that metaphorical natal chart. All right, so what I want to do to, to tie this up and uh, finish up for today is we'll do an I Ching reading. So I already cast the I Ching, and I received the hexagram number 14, which is called Great Possession or Sovereignty. And it had one changing line moving to number 50 which is called the cauldron. So we're going to be cooking. We're cooking with gas now <laughs> with Jupiter and Pisces. Okay. So number 14, great possession, possession in great measure, sovereignty, sunlight, clarity, awareness, right? So there's vast possibilities available to us now with Jupiter moving into Pisces. A lot of opportunities to do things. We have multiple resources. People, this could be gathering people around you, um, having using your great clarity uh, to create generosity in, in your life. Um, it, it encourages you to act. Remember, the, the I Ching is not only a, a, a divinatory oracle, it is sort of a set of an, an ethical sort of oracle. It is teaching you the right types of behaviors to have a functional society, you know, sort of based on ancient uh, Chinese values. But those values are, I think, eternal. I think those values definitely have relevance in our modern society as well. Um, and some of those values are just basically being generous, um, having magnanimity and kindness for one another, uh, contributing to the whole. All of these things, I think, um, are trying to get us in alignment with the changes that happen in nature, the natural order of things, right? Which is Ju a Jupiterian type of uh, signification, natural order. Okay, so we have to really stay committed to being kind, to being generous, to shining a spotlight on those types of Jupiterian um, qualities that will eventually bring honor and merit to us. We can bring honor into our life through exploring our inner worlds, through dreaming, okay? Through trying to bring that dream to reality, okay? That's the key, trying to ground the dream in this world, in this body, okay? It's not just about escaping. That's, that's detrimental, 
that's just you know going off and and abandoning your milieu this is a a a, a um what's the word i'm looking for a focused uh it's, it's a focused abandonment right it, it is an abandonment for a purpose it's abandoning that which isn't serving us anymore so that we can eventually return with enlightenment all right so this this question uh, that Hillary Barrett likes to ask with this hexagram is given all you have, who will you be? How can you affirm and support what is good? Okay. Uh, there is one changing line, and it's the bottom line, which has to do with kind of the beginning of our journey. This is really the beginning of going off and searching for, for meaning. It says there is no relationship with harmful things. So, of course, there is no blame. If one recognizes the courses of difficulty, one remains without blame. So this is speaking that in the beginning, things go smoothly. We haven't really been challenged. We haven't really uh, experienced the roadblock yet. So we, we're, we're just beginning to explore. We haven't come to the, the point of conflict that every hero's journey has. But if you prepare properly, you will be able to maintain your integrity you will be able to maintain that vision over the long haul. So this is talking about having abundant resources, much to offer, but not becoming complacent. So anytime that you amass great wealth, whether it's material or whether it is in wisdom, you have to think about the way that you got there. And if you want to continue the flow of prosperity, you have to continue in what got you to that point. This is why, like, instead of just completely abandoning my my online presence or my YouTube channel, I have to, you know, consistently still engage with my community and be of service to my community. Otherwise, everything that we've built here as a, as a community is lost. That doesn't mean it has to be done in the exact same way. But again, I have to realize that the way that I got to this point, uh, having this great community of people that I connect with, was through consistent effort over time. And what, whatever way that you got to this point of success, whatever it is, and if you really look at your life and find gratitude for it, you'll find that there's, you are wealthy in some area, what, whether it's in your resiliency, if you've had a lot of hardship, whether it's through being blessed with you know, material wealth or, or privilege in your community, you, you have you have wealth in some area of your life. And how, how did you get to that point, right? And what can you do to maintain your integrity if you want to continue that flow? So again, the situation is still in its infancy. Um, it, it's important to avoid overconfidence. This is one thing that Jupiter can do when it's in its more pure form in its own domiciles. It can get really optimistic and hopeful, but also overly confident and optimistic and hopeful. Again, I think that this is what we saw with our, our communities right now. Um, we, we are doing a pretty good job of getting people vaccinated and getting people, uh, numbers are starting to go down, but we can't get too overconfident that um, there's not still work to be done because there is. You know, we still have a lot of, even if it's just, uh, recognizing that there's still people suffering in the world, like p places like India are, are really having trouble right now, that there's a lot of work to be done as a global community to overcome the pandemic and to find peace, you know, to find peace. We, we have some challenges right now in various areas of the world that are experiencing a lot of uh, chaos, and we have to figure out what, how we can contribute to, to peace, right? Even if it's just finding some internal peace, I think that is a, a first step. So secure your position. Prepare for the difficulties in advance. Whatever you introduce now, this is important, will increase and you will possess in great measure in the future. So choose wisely. Whatever you're putting, pouring your energy into right now, it's going to expand. It's going to, you know, proliferate. You know, make sure that it's in service of higher purpose and is connected with your higher self and with your soul. If you're pouring yourself into something that's completely self-serving, 
eventually you'll expand something that doesn't serve anyone but yourself and you'll be lonely. You'll find yourself alone at the top of that mountain without friends or support because you've been pursuing a selfish goal. If you pour yourself into your community, your community is going to be able to support you. Okay. This is, I think this is, again, this is one of the keys. Um, I will never stop preaching, you know, being in service of the whole because you really, it is the, the realization of the mystic that our individual points of consciousness are point, part of a connected, unified consciousness. And by creating a healthy relationship with the whole, you're creating that for yourself. You know, this is the thing. This is the thing. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all the conflicts going on in the world. But at the same time, can we really all be at peace if everyone's not at peace? You know what I'm saying? If, if other nations are experiencing conflict, you know, maybe not. Maybe this is, this is a reason to, to, you know, try to find ways that we can contribute to order and peace and, and unification. You know, the actions that we take as a developed, a developed or a developing nation have uh, effects on other nations with climate change and things like that. The actions that we take in our communities where we're modeling, um, hopefully, uh, service, hopefully these maybe other nations will take note, you know, and things like that. Like it's what you do for, for yourself and for others does have reverberations. And I just think realizing that you're part of that, that whole is important. Okay, so choose wisely for what you pour your energy into. We're changing to the hexagram number 50, which is called the cauldron. Okay, in other ways, the vessel, all right? More, more terms that Jack Balkan used to, to describe this hexagram. Cultural renewal, in with the new, establishing things, formation of a new order, which is interesting because Jupiter is associated with order and law, peacemaking, okay? Devotion, creation of new rituals, polishing your talents, seeking spiritual values. We've been talking about that the whole the whole time here. Uh, being of service to others, the, the sacred vessel, okay? So we ask ourselves these questions. What is the vessel for transformation? What are you beginning? What will you cook? I like that image of cooking because we're, we're, we're taking all these elements and we're trying to combine them into a unified vision right now. And we have to let things simmer a little bit. We have to let things percolate. We've, we've added our vegetables. We, we're starting to heat the water up a little bit, but we've got to let it simmer. This hexagram was the, the wood underneath the fire. So we have the elements in the right place, right? We have the, the, the fuel to feed our inspiration. But we've got to let, you know, whatever is, is going on underneath the surface, we got to let it marinate a little bit. We got to let it simmer. Okay, so we're creating some kind of new order, cooking something good, transferring the raw elements into a unified, you know, something that will nourish us eventually. Okay, we're creating nourishment. So purify your motives, you know, devote yourself to a worthy aim. Abandon materialism and selfishness is something that comes up with this, this 50 hexagram. All right. This isn't a time for self-centered goals. It's a time for um, banding together with your your milieu. Pursue kindness, generosity, and service to others. Those are some of the fundamental values that we learn in the I Ching. And I pull a hexagram here every day. Uh, and it's not just to be like, oh, I want to know what's happening today, although it is useful to meditate on what types of experiences I might have throughout the day so that if I do experience a challenge, if it is a challenging hexagram, I can, I can learn the proper response, all right? I can learn to be patient. I can learn to be humble. I can learn to be modest. That's the reason we use these oracles. That's the reason we use astrology. It's not so we can say, what kind of candy can we get today? How can, it's not, how can we win, uh, you know, a competition? It's not like, oh my God, how can we get more money or how can we get more whatever? It's how can we cultivate our character and, and 
learn the proper response to changes in our life. And the I Ching is one of the most direct methods that I've seen for, for being able to do that. And by drawing a hexagram each day, you're changing yourself. You're changing your character by looking at your transits and trying to find meaning within those rather than trying to control everything. You're cultivating your character. And that's really what this Jupiter cycle is about, cultivating character so that your inner world has integrity with your outer actions so that the inner person that you are is reflected in who and what you do out in the world so that you are in harmony with that. All right. So that is what I have for you today. Went on a little bit of a journey. Um, happy to be making a video here again for you. I was a little bit of a heavy lifting to get past some of the inertia to, to you know, get back on track. I think sometimes we can, uh, when we get off of our routines, we can start to feel guilty that we didn't do something or whatever, but hopefully what, what we went through today was help, was helpful for you. Really appreciate all of you as a community. Um, again, please give me some feedback as to what kind of things have been most useful on the channel and what types of things you might want to see in the future. Uh, if you are a fan of this channel, hit the, the, the easiest thing you can do is hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Leave me a comment. If you want to make a material donation to the work that I do, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Um, you can also reach out for reading. I also think um, there's a Mercury retrograde cycle that's coming up right now. So I have a special Mercury retrograde reading if you are trying to figure out what types of things you may be re-examining during that retrograde. We can also examine your Jupiter cycle around that period of time if you're needing some guidance as to the journey because they're kind of related, right? They're squaring one another right now. Clip season is coming up. So, you know, kind of reflecting on the past six months or the past cycle that you've gone through and preparing for the new start to move you forward. Always happy to help with that. I offer astrological tutoring services as well. I'm really enjoying working with students one-on-one. -on -one, so reach out if you have questions about maybe setting something like that up in the future. So that's what I've got for you today. Uh, thank you so much for being here on this channel and looking forward to whatever the new chapter is in our relationship moving forward. Uh, remember, be kind to one another. You know, it'll be easier to, to grease the wheels of community if you're kind to one another. Uh, and most of all, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Uh, practice that self-love and practice humility. And I think that you'll eventually find where you need to be going. All right, everyone. Take care. Peace.